You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin, and I just got a question for you, listener. Kes cosidit ipsos costedis? Now, if you're all brushed up on your Latin, that would mean, who watches the Watchmen? We're here to talk about today's Netflix thriller, suspense, mystery, question mark? The Watcher, from creators Ian Brennan and Ryan Murphy, starring Naomi Watts, Bobby Cannavale, uh, the MCU's best dad, by the way. Mia Farrow, and just actually a huge assortment of top-tier actors. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge is here. Character actress, super famous Margot Martindale is here. Richard Kind, remember him? He was in everything once upon a time. The Branock family moves into a wonderful, big, amazing, and just beautiful house but someone is watching them now all their neighbors are creepy and speak in riddles the police they kind of don't care they're like yeah 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 everybody everybody who moves into that house gets stalked it's just you know tit for tat you live there you get stalked it's how it goes and then the Brannocks, dean and nora they start to mistrust each other now to make everything worse They know they're being watched because they receive letters in the mail. And these letters pretty much say, hey, I'm watching you. But enough about the synopsis. I'm not here to watch and talk about this thriller alone. No, I have two people with me. Someone who would always have the courtesy of signing her name at the end of a letter. Kim is with us. Hey, guys. And someone who I like to consider my right-hand man whenever Ryan Murphy comes to Netflix, Frank is with us. Yes, I am only here, and this review is really only happening because Bradley loves to hear me talk shit about Ryan Murphy. (laughs) I'm so happy we're all on the same page. Yes, we are. Whenever I watch a mystery, I ask myself, is this going to be my favorite kind of mystery where the ensemble, especially a big and talented ensemble like this, is introduced and breadcrumbs are dropped, which will lead us to the final confrontation and the aha, you done it moment? Or is this a keep watching for shocking revelations that lead nowhere, but they're pretty shocking, am I right? What would you guys say this falls under? I would say it fell under uh, option B, definitely. So many shocking 
twist left and right that all led nowhere. It was red herring after red herring after red herring, which initially starting the show, that's what you wanted because the the big mystery throughout is who is the watcher. So they set up pretty much every character you meet in the first episode. You're wondering, could this be the watcher? Oh, maybe that's the watcher. I watched, I watched this with my roommate in the first three episodes. We were like, Oh, it's them. It's definitely them. Um, and so getting to the, finale finding out who the watcher is or isn't was kind of a letdown because I felt like we could have written it better ourselves because there Ryan Murphy laid down a lot of decent foundation for several people to have motivation to be the watcher but he ended up not utilizing any of it and uh also speaking of this cast it is extremely talented as Bradley said I've never seen somebody be able to take talent and make them look so untalented these are people if i had never seen them in a movie before i would think don't quit your day job guys you know go back to waiting tables or washing dishes or whatever you're doing because you're not going to make it in hollywood i don't know how they did that with jennifer coolidge who is pretty much a legend in certain communities uh she has great comedic timing She's has so much charisma, charming in any other movie. She's she has these qualities in this TV show. She she could have been played by any other second rate actress they found on the street. The motivation for a lot of these characters, at least in the scene by scene, is being incredibly mean and off putting as possible. And when someone calls you on that meanness, get offended. It was very so... curb your enthusiasm. I don't know if y'all have oh, yeah. seen this, but it was a a worse written episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm because there were a lot of so you have the main family uh with Bobby uh Cannavale and Naomi Watts and two children one is um teenage daughter and the other one is son these are pretty much their whole characters so I'm not even going to give them names Bobby is really the only sane person in this movie everybody else right treats him in ridiculous ways and then as soon as he a normal person is like hey this is really out of pocket you know you're you're acting really strange you're being really inappropriate with me and i just met you it starts in the first episode um (laughs) i think the first episode he gets into a huge fight with one of two of his neighbors the first one because they're in his yard picking arugula that's growing in his yard fair enough he could have maybe approached them a little bit nicer but they just went from zero to a hundred over arugula in the front yard and then yeah arugula yeah arugula just ridiculous and we're watching it the what i did appreciate about bobby was he made the funniest faces whenever people were being ridiculous and he i don't know i enjoyed watching his faces but after the arugula incident there was another neighbor who was just happened to be in his house. Um, again, just his neighbors have no idea of personal space. They're being completely ridiculous and they're offended that he would like them to get off of his property. And as an audience member, it's really setting up these characters to be uh, unrealistic in a way that is unappealing because I can't connect with people who are this unrealistic. And the person chilling out in his house like it belongs to him that character's name 
Jasper Winslow, played by Terry Kinney. Sister Pearl Winslow, who's played by Mia Farrow, she says everything like it's a threat. And she's like the Karen of Congress. He's like, I don't want Jasper crawling into my house and hiding in my dumbwaiter. And she says, it's the law. We get to do that. We're above the law. And instead of following up on this in any respect, he's just kind of like, and his wife, Naomi Watts, playing Bobby Cannavale's wife, Nora Brannock, they just kind of accept it like, oh, well, she shouted it's the law and it's Mia Farrow. So I guess Jasper gets to do that. Frank. What did you think about all this? What sort of insight can you bring to this mystery, these characters, if any at all? Did you enjoy something about this? So, sure. you know, it's so funny. Uh, first of all, I just want to say this is the first time that Kim and I have been on a review since um, February of 2020 when we reviewed uh, The Invisible Man, which... Uh, wow, that was my last review before yeah, the pandemic. I know, before we went into lockdown. Um, oh, no, actually, we had a couple more before, before lockdown, but that was the last one that we were on together. Um, and uh, I I remember that vividly because she came out of that movie, one of the rare people that came out of that movie, thinking it was boring as fuck. <laughs> I remember, I remember she, she, at, one, at one point she was like, oh, wow, look, a chair. Like, 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 she just, she thought. Well, she, the Invisible Man has, has that Watcher vibe, she, right? She, so good, she, good segue. Yeah, I was not in the majority. I'm not in the majority of most reviews I do, Frank. You well, would she, know that if we did more reviews together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so I remember that one. Uh, well, we haven't done that many all together anyways, but that one was the last one that we did do together. But uh, I had that same reaction to this. I thought this was the most dry, boring, and bland series. It, it's totally devoid of any suspense whatsoever. I thought it was like crafting a, a thriller series 101. I think the the... The more off-putting and uh, weird uh, a character was, you know, the least likely they were an actual viable suspect. I I thought that I I I, I didn't I thought the the weirdness they gave these people was just so pat and just so I didn't buy it. I didn't. I every person here read as phony, uh, kind of like what you're saying, Kim. And I think that you're right. These are great, like actors mia farrow has was was retired she hasn't been in a project in 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 12 years she's been focusing on her activism and whatnot um but it felt like every time you know she was in a scene or any actor was in a scene after after the scene was over it's like did they say anything like 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 the like i struggle to remember what just happened scene by scene because the dialogue was so not there it was not alive i don't think anything in this in this project was alive i i, I would have much rather seen a dateline about this true story um than than have watched this i mean i fell asleep i was nodding off with each episode like i was and i'm not saying that for a fact i was legit nodding off there was nothing here <laughs> that was alive or suspenseful for my money um I just think that there's that this Ryan Murphy took this in a lot of different directions, heightened it up for dramatic effect. It, it went into different subplots that went nowhere. I, I, I don't know why he bothered. I really don't know why he bothered. And 
And I'm not. I'm also not a fan of Amer. Oh, I'm not a fan of a lot of Ryan Murphy. Most Ryan Murphy, <laughs> but I'm really not a fan of his American Crime Story because he, whenever he does something that's based on or feud or anything that's based on real life, um, he rewrites it so much he becomes like a bad substitute history teacher. Um, you know, just sort of like glazing over facts and just you know doing his own thing. And I think well, facts are boring, yeah, exactly, right? right? Um, and I mean, speaking so about how this is based on a, a true story, um, but there wasn't much to the true story. Um, really, um, a couple bought a house in the suburbs and they received, I think, one or two really creepy letters from somebody who called themselves the Watcher. The first letter in this TV show is pretty much line for line what that what the real letter was that the um, real couple received. But after that. Ryan Murphy had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted with the story. He could have just taken the story and went anywhere with it. And I was expecting him to pull some um, American Horror Story sci-fi supernatural themes into it because they were setting it up that the neighborhood characters were so completely ridiculous. I was like, okay, they must all be in a cult or, I don't know, practicing magic or doing something that would warrant them being this crazy and ill-written. Um, but in the, in the real story of what happened, the couple bought the house, they received two letters, they never moved into the house, and then they sold the house. There was really nothing much to the true story except a general premise that could have kicked off what may be an interesting TV show if Ryan Murphy had decided to really run with it, which he did not. Um, if anything, he stumbled with it stumbled a whole seven episodes in my opinion they were they, um, they, they were all so directionless do you, do you know what i mean there was no real like consistency and what's really shame about this is that the, a handful of these episodes were directed by jennifer lynch who's david lynch's daughter who herself is a good director and watching this i'm like oh gosh i was not creeped out once by anything in this so I think what something they tried to make the story more intense and more suspenseful, sus, uh, suspenseful, by using a a creepy soundtrack, but they used it over everything. I first noticed it in a scene with Jennifer Coolidge and um, Naomi Watts. They're sitting at a country club in broad daylight in tennis attire, tennis like wear attire i know the scene you're right and there's the most dramatic like piano music playing in the background that's supposed to and i was telling my roommate if i had my eyes closed i would think they're in the middle of a you know a Mm cornfield being hunted by jason or something the way this music is (laughs) is building the intensity but no they're they're just having some you know eggs benedict on a sunday afternoon yeah Yeah, drinking mimosas yeah it was was the most inappropriate musical cue like what the hell is it doing there and it was reused a few times (laughs) so many times dude come on now that and so many characters at least at least twice every episode there was a character because um bobby Cavavalli, oh. he, he he's trying to figure out who the watcher is every episode he's really the only person in the family who cares about this watcher um the wife is actually frustrated with him because he's he's so consumed over who this person is who a killed the family pet um and then b you know, is is oh they had a pet, just didn't they? creeping them out. Yeah, they they yeah, killed a, a ferret, ferret in the first about, episode. Yeah. I forgot about the pet. 
the it was the, the l- police were like, "What a horrible prank!" Yes, like, uh, oh, that's, right. that's the yeah. worst kind of death threat, actually, officer. I He's like, nah. the, yeah, it was the ferret the wasn't just dead. The ferret had its head like exploded. Yeah, it was murdered. It was yeah. obviously, yeah. And, but everyone in the the main family, even the son, it was the son's ferret. Other than his initial reaction of seeing the ferret's dead body, he he never mentions the ferret again. He never seems that concerned that anything is going wrong, even though his parents are stressing out. Um, they have they have fifty security cameras around the house. They have a security technician who basically lives there, romancing the the teenage daughter. It, it's just there's no weight to anything as far as I I don't even know the words for it. I I, it's, I was it's, honestly it, well, it's, baffled. It, 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 it's it's uninvolving. This entire series yes. is, is uninvolving. It's just like it just it just lays there and does nothing. I mean I don't know um, why like my Bradley says he he couldn't watch this because his kids were in the room. Bradley, this would have put him to sleep. I don't know what you were worried about. Like you went, <laughs> Nyquil. Nobody wants to go to bed. Watch this. I mean, come on. Honestly, I just uh, even by Ryan Murphy standards, I I you know I. We reviewed Halston last year, and that was a more restrained Ryan Murphy. That was a more mature Ryan Murphy, and that was him just not going um, as batshit crazy as he usually does. Um, and I appreciated that he was taking a, a similar approach here. But oh my gosh, this is just you know, this is like you know, this is a show that that's take on Novocaine. Like this is just like this is just so nothing. There's no feeling or life in it whatsoever. Even the actors look bored. Um, they I, did. They did. I, I will say, I, the one episode I found entertaining was the last one. I thought, you know, only because <laughs> finally something's happening in this episode, in this series. Yeah, something finally. And happened. I think I think yeah. I really like the sequence, the the twist with Jennifer Coolidge, uh, and you know what, what that happened with that character. I don't care if it was plausible or not. It seemed really obvious, I, though. I, I, I would have been shocked if that didn't happen. Yeah, no, but I don't, I mean, I don't care about, no one cares about obviousness or plausibility. At this point, people just want to finish the fucking thing. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I think I really just liked seeing her, uh, you know, in this house, getting this house that she wanted, and now being freaked the fuck out herself. I like, maybe sure. it's because Jennifer Coolidge, she's such a comedy icon. I love seeing her in, a, in this thriller milieu you know sort of background i thought that was entertaining um but <laughs> that's all i could take away from from any of the episodes here i mean it's great seeing mia farrow why don't you <laughs> why don't you take us away from this review then and start your final yeah. thoughts hey, ryan murphy did it again only you did it even worse than i thought you would have um <laughs> she did i think this really this really should have been an episode of american horror stories plural you know those one episode that one episode um single single episode stories anthology series that he has which which was you know bafflingly been renewed for a second season and it's probably a third too that's probably the format that this really belonged in to stretch this out over seven episodes and to have absolutely no sort of um uh, flavor or flair uh whatsoever just good actors being sad with material that's so that's so beneath them it's sad and uh i i I really don't ever care if ryan murphy succeeds or not but to watch him to watch him crash and burn this bad like i feel sorry for him almost um 
this could have been something great, but I, like I said before, I'd rather watch a Dateline episode on it uh, than, uh, than this. This is a textbook case of something, you know, not needing to be as long as, as it is. And not everything, not everything is deserving of the limited series format. So I am going to go ahead and give this uh, da, 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 5 out of 10. Um, Mia Farrow's in Pigtails, because I like Mia Farrow. Um, yeah. Did you say Pigtails? pigtails. Nobody says pigtails. That's a clue. Mm. Well, whatever. <laughs> They'll get something to do while they watch this fucking thing. <laughs> if, they even, if they even want to after this review. All right. So I have been struggling to find some positive things to say about this TV show. Um, I think the the highlight of it was it was short. Seven yeah. episodes. It wasn't eight you, episodes. It wasn't eight episodes. <laughs> The, the best compliment I can make of it, which is truly sad because I do love a lot of the actors in it. I think the premise had something that could have been worked with. Um, this just feels like the first draft of a script. I don't know if Ryan Murphy, maybe he just wasn't the right person for this. If he wasn't going to just fully go full Ryan Murphy on it, just like demons and leather, you know, kink outfits coming out the closet, all that. If he, if, if he's not doing that, I don't need him in this project, you know? I don't need him to try to make suspense. He made a lot of really odd choices. We talked about the soundtrack. I mean, he also did the same thing with camera angles and shots. It could have been a first-year film student project, just just with a lot of money behind it. The writing was atrocious. I've never seen a seven-episode TV show, or any TV show, or any movie, that had pretty much every character say, let me tell you a story. And then we would immediately go into a three minute flashback. And then an episode later, or a couple episodes later, most of the time we would find out whatever that let me tell you a story flashback was, wasn't even a real story, which in my mind was like, (laughs) okay, so I'm just watching a bunch of dream sequences that all amount to nothing at the end. I don't know how it's been number one on Netflix for the last, what, week it's been out. I have literally no idea who. Yeah, I mean, Kim. I, I'm assuming it's because Ryan Murphy is getting a lot of praise because of Dahmer. And then I think the most offensive thing, this would have been maybe a four out of ten if they did not add in this weird racial subplot halfway through um, where the daughter outs her dad for being a racist, but he's not really a racist. He, she just wanted to get back at him. Like, that's not a joke. How is this funny? Nobody would think this is... I don't care how angry you are at your dad. You're not going to go on the internet and tell the world he's racist in this climate. Are no, you kidding me? You, you can't do that. That's playing yeah. with someone's, like, livelihood. When you do His that. livelihood, your <laughs> livelihood. He, yeah. He's your he's your, your breadwinner yeah, in the family. Yeah. That's and For the outcome to be like... Ah, teens. Am yeah, I right? and then um, he's the father is upset. Obviously, this is irresponsible to say the least. Yeah. And then the mom is upset at the dad for being upset. Like, no, you you should both be doubling down on your daughter, looking yeah. for boot camps or boarding schools to send her off to because she's obviously not house trained <laughs> yeah. or, well, or has she, any she common have sense. Doxed you if you were nicer to uh, her. No, no, kids are just awful. <laughs> <laughs> they just totally blame the victim dad kids are just awful situation. completely awful. 
But um, anyway, like I was saying, it would have been maybe a four out of ten if I was being generous, just because I was in shock at how bad it was. It kind of, I don't know. But because of that one subplot that made me furious watching it, I have to give this a, a two out of ten butcher block countertops. Oh, nice. <laughs> so... For me, this is pretty low for me as well. I laughed a lot, but not appropriately. And it gave explanations to certain mysteries where, for me, my head was in a space of, that's not an explanation. That makes things more confusing. And then I would say to myself, calm down, Brad. Maybe you're just confused about the thread. Rewind it a bit and watch again. And therein lies the problem. I'm not rewinding this and watching again. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It'd be like, I'm talking to my buddy Paul, and he says, my dad gave me this moon rock. And I'd say, oh, cool. Then I'd go home, and I'd say, Paul's dad gave him a moon rock. And my wife would say, but Paul's dad isn't an astronaut. Where would he get one of those? And then I'd go back to Paul's house, and I'd be like, hey, is Paul here? My wife says he's a liar about the moon rock. And then the person that answered the door would say, there is no Paul. (laughs) There's no moon either. And that's the kind of story this is. Nothing, you can't take anything, even with a grain of salt. It's all just lie and weird explanation and absurdity. The worst one was John Graff killed six people years ago. Oh, wow. How did he get away with murder? He cut his face out of all his family photos. And my head is like, Okay. And the detective says, the detective says, well, don't you see? No one knows what he looks like because he did that. And I'm like, that's, that's not a, what? The stupidest thing. And- Bradley, I don't want to, I don't want to harsh where you're going, but that did actually happen. But it was a man who killed his family in like 1970. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he got All away right. with murder for 30 years. We have so. Facebook now. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't happen now, but the cutting the photos out, if this had been set 30 years ago, maybe could have been plausible. See, and I'm glad you said that because that's where it loses me because, like I said, maybe I should rewind this. Maybe I missed something, and I should have, but I so much did not want to watch this again (laughs) that I just said, weird, we're moving on. Tons of crap. None of it pays off. I'm going to give this... Ooh, uh, four out of five androgynous voices that narrate the letters as they're being read by Naomi Watts. And, and can I please, like, assess, is it me or is it, like, that house, like, not all that? Like, I was just like, well. I just I, thought like, it was fine. I was like, it's nothing that special. Like, really, like all this shit. Or, like, you, know what, you know what old house I want to live in? That freaking, uh, the Midnight Club house. That's a freaking gorgeous oh, yeah. house. Oh, uh, I would live in Hill House from the Haunting of Hill House, the '60s version, though not not uh, any any of the yeah. modern ones. Not the Flanagan not, House. Not, neither neither of the modern ones were that really that my my speed, but the one from the '60s. How about you, Kim? I don't I don't even want to live in a house. Period. I live next to somebody who was broken into, and so I'm extremely okay. paranoid about that. Well, you can get broken into an apartment too. Yeah, but they gotta. You know, I, my odds are better. Well, that's how I feel about it. Fair enough. There's six people on my floor. Right. Why me? Why pick me? Well, someone's got to be picked. 